This episode is sponsored by How to Talk to Your Kids About Alcohol. This is the most important course I have ever offered. The conversation about alcohol can be deep and difficult, and it can be a hard one to have with your kids. But this course transforms how you talk to your kids, your parenting, your journey, and it can help you create a relationship with your kids that's built on trust and respect and authenticity. In just a few hours, you'll learn how to talk to your kids about alcohol and, most importantly, how to keep them talking. How to Talk to Your Kids About Alcohol teaches you the biggest mistakes to avoid when it comes to your children and drinking. How to create relationships that are based on mutual trust, mutual respect, and openness. And what I wish I would have known as a kid before my first drink. And so much more. Please don't wait. Go to TalkToYourKidsAboutAlcohol.com to learn more and enroll. Well, hello, everybody. This is Coach Scott here. And I am back, but I am back with a different sort of episode. We have a really special episode today with some special guests. And I don't mean that in like a cheesy 80s TV way. I mean, it is special in as much as we are going to talk about something um, on a personal level, something everyone on this call has experience with. And it's one of the top questions we get at this Naked Mind. Um, and it's this, how do I talk to my kids about alcohol, right? How do I talk to them about what my experiences were? How do I give them information and help them? Not in a way that like, sort of alienates them, but in a way that they might be able to learn from what I've been through. So today's episode is all about that. And we're doing this because Annie has recorded an incredible course called How to Talk to Your Kids About Alcohol. And so we, I'm joined today by some parents from This Naked Mind, parents who have had these conversations and have gone through this. We're going to talk a little bit about what it's like to talk to our kids um, about alcohol. And we're going to talk about this course and how it's influenced how we do that. Um, so I am joined today by Mo, Laura, and Diana. Hello, folks. How are you? Good, Scott. Awesome. How are you? Good, good. Um, so I think a great way to kick this off, because this conversation is so different, uh, depending on the age of the children we're talking to. Um, so I'd love to hear from all three of you just what, uh, you know, how old are your kids and just a little bit of uh, a little bit of history from you. Uh, Mo, let's go to you first. Okay. Uh, I have a 14 year old daughter. She'll be 15 in November and a um, 12 year old son. And uh, yeah, that's it. To a boy and a girl, two different ages. Awesome. So cool. Laura, how about you? I have an 18 year old son who we just moved into his dorm for his freshman year of college and a 16 year old daughter who just started her junior year of high school. And, you know, for me being able to have this conversation with them as somebody who's been alcohol free for a while now, um, it's it's been a conversation that's transformed over the years because we've been having it since pretty much the beginning of my journey. And I'm just so excited for the course that Annie's put together because I really could have used it back in the beginning. Yes, I'm I'm totally with you on that. Uh, Diana, hello. Tell us a little hello. bit about yourself. I have three boys. Um, my youngest is four. The middle one is nine, and the oldest one is eleven. And uh, I also am excited for the course, but I think, and for me, I'm excited because it applies to so much more than just the conversation around alcohol. It is all of the really difficult conversations and uh, I'm starting to see the range of them with my 11 year old. And yes. I've definitely had ones that I didn't handle well. So being able to have this and go back and be like, 
you know what, we're going to have this conversation again and it can go different the next time is amazing. Yes. Yeah. And I, I have three kids, uh, 12, eight and well, one in about two weeks, my youngest is going to be one. Um, and it is interesting. And so I'd kind of like to dive into this a little bit and, and talk about it in terms of how Annie talks about it on the course. Um, so the first thing um, that I just want to get out there, and, and Annie talks about this in depth, is this idea of telling them everything. And I have to say, uh, I don't know about you guys, but that scares the hell out of me. Um, so like, what was it like to hear that? And how have you guys sort of wrapped this into how you're having these conversations with your kids, right? This idea of like, be open and be honest about what your journey was like. You guys can just jump in. I don't need to, don't need to call on you. I, this is, um, this is my favorite part of the course is the, the notion that, you know, we want to show them behavior they can model but also mm. tell them everything. And for me, that was beautiful validation for the way I did things um, and the way I continue to do things. I didn't know if I was right when I first started doing it, but I also knew that I was uniquely positioned to stand in my truth and share that with my kids so that they understood the role alcohol had played in my life and how yeah. I had changed that and found freedom and just give them all the information they could possibly need to make the best informed decisions for themselves moving forward. And, and for me, that was a shift because I grew up in a house where there was a lot of drinking Mm -hmm. And the message was, do as I say, not as I do. Mm, yeah. So the behavior was being modeled, but don't do it. Don't do it this way. Um, don't drink until you're old enough. Don't drink and drive. Don't go to parties if the parents aren't home. Just don't, 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 don't. Yeah. And that was it. <laughs> well, Whereas, you know, I'm able to talk to my kids about, um, well, I was told not to, but I did anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, yes. ultimately, you know, yes. at the end of high school and into college and got into a, a, a not healthy place with it for myself. And, and so here's how things evolved for me. And interestingly, the, the conversation has evolved very naturally for us. Um, my journey started in about 2014. So my son was 10 and my daughter was eight. And neither of them had ever said anything to me about my drinking. I think I was really good at hiding it. Um, but then since then we've had so many conversations and the first memorable one was when my son came home, he was 12 years old and he, there had been a conversation with a, a health class at school and he said, mom, so the teacher was talking today about alcoholism. Is that what you have? <laughs> and it was like, yeah. <laughs> one of those car conversations too, yeah. which, you know, if you've been in the car alone with one kid, you know, it's all out there. Right. Um, <laughs> and I loved that because that was, that was our entree into the, the conversation and the chance for me to mm. get vulnerable. And as you said, Scott, that's super scary um, and super nerve wracking to, to just stand in that place of it's all stripped off. 
Yeah. But that is the best version of ourselves for us to give our kids because they need to know it's okay to make mistakes. They need to know that we have made some mistakes in our lives and that we've learned all along the way and, and that we, we want great things for them. Yes. And that's so beautifully said. I mean, I, you know, for me, uh, there's a question of like age appropriateness. So I have a 12 year old daughter who thinks she is, I don't know, 35. Um, and is like, she wants to know all the details. Give me the deets. Like what actually happened? How did this actually go down? What was this like? And it's always hard for me to like balance out, like what is the age appropriate thing versus the lesson that I want her to, to get from my experience. Right. And very much like you, Laura, like, I think a lot of people who are out there were in the, um, do as I say, not as I do camp. And I think for a lot of us, we had to, well, this naked mind didn't exist when, you know, when my parents were my age. Um, but, you know, a lot of us had to kind of learn some of this stuff for ourselves. And it always comes from a good place of like, oh, I want to share my experience. Um, but my concern, my concern is always like, I don't want to sound like a dad where you're just like, whatever. Like, all right, thanks, dad. You know, thanks for that tip. Um, Mo, I'm curious with you, like how, how has those, how have you been able to have those, you know, direct, honest conversations and not just be like, you know, the annoying mom that's like telling you stuff you don't want to hear. Right. It's so funny, Scott, I'm listening to you guys. And when I, so I was, I never drank in high school. I had my first drink in college and partied my way from college until my mid forties, until honestly, until I found Annie Grace. Um, so we have had these conversations recently, my daughter and I, not because she has a lot of questions. She's never really asked, asked me questions. I quit drinking when she was in fifth grade and she's a freshman now, but they're much more, um, for example, she came to me the other day and, and she's like, Hey, can I go to this party on Saturday? She's a freshman in high school now. So new people, yada, yada. Oh. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> sorry. Like, sorry for the moan. I'm just I like, I just like, I'm dreading this, but I keep going. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And I said, you know, trying to be, trying to be a good mom and, and be out there. And I said, Oh yeah, I love parties. Who, who's party, you know, who's going to be there, all the questions and gave me all these names of people I didn't know. And the home was it people I didn't know. Long story short, I said, absolutely, you can go. I'm going to have to reach out to the mom just to make sure a parent's going to be there. Tears. You can't do that. All my friends, I mean, so much concern about what yes. other people are going to think. So this, I, hand to God, you guys, this conversation was last weekend. So we had a very long and open discussion about her concerns about this party and what I thought of her going to the party. Never asked any questions about my drinking, but wanted me to know, mom, people drink in, at these parties. And I'm afraid you, A, don't trust me, and B, that you'll judge me. And that one hurt. I mean, I, I, mean, I would never judge my children. I mean, I just, that's just not how I roll. And I kind of pride myself on letting her know, I don't, I don't judge your behavior, you know, or I don't. I don't judge you as good or bad based on your behavior. I love you regardless of the choices you make. I want to help you make good choices. And like Andy, one of the big things I got from this um, 
how to talk to your kids course was, you know, Annie talked so much about um, not being in control, but having connection with your kids. So yeah. I'm, in every conversation now I have with her, I'm trying to connect and I'm like, I'm not judging you. There is no judgment. And I trust that you're going to make good choices because you're smart. And she's like, okay, well, as long as you, you know, you trust that I'll make, trust me. And I walked away from that conversation, but came back to her. And I said, you know, I used the wrong language. I don't trust that you'll make, it's not that I trust that you'll make good choices. I trust that you're going to stop in those situations where you're telling me there's alcohol at these parties. I trust you that you're going to stop and say, is this the right choice for me? Is this going to serve me? Is this something, why am I making this choice? I, that's, that's, I, I, I'm not sending you saying yes or no to a party and sending you out into the world to, um, sorry, I'm totally babbling. You're going to have to edit that out. No, this is great. We're not going to edit any of this. Please keep going. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just not very articulate at explaining all the emotion behind these conversations because they're so important. And I just want to get it so right because I spent so many years of their childhood drinking and yeah. I'm here for it now. And I'm present in these conversations. And, you know, that's kind of why it's a bonus to be working at TNM and be able to go through these courses because I needed this course to help me have these conversations because I didn't mm-hmm. know what to say. What's really interesting is, you know, there was something you said there about like sitting down and having that long conversation um, that really ties into one of the things that Annie talks about, which is keep them talking. And like, I know for so many people, mom, can I go to this party? No. Or mom, can I go to this party? Are you kidding me? Like, why would I let you go to this? Right. That's like a shutting down of the conversation. And Moe, you did the opposite of that. And like Annie talks about how important that is. So like these conversations that you had around, you know, how your daughter's afraid you might see her or what might actually happen at this party or, you know, what is and isn't okay. Like that's all about keeping it on their level and keep them willing to talk. Um, I think all of us as parents could agree that like one of the scariest things would be for that communication to stop, right? right? Or our kids to be afraid of saying, mom, I was at a party this weekend and like there were people drinking. You know, like, of course we want to be there and of course we want to help, but like one of the biggest things and like what I'd see, one of the many awesome things I see, Mo, and what you're talking about is you made that like safe. It was safe to actually have this conversation, conversations that for a lot of us, we would never even dream of having had with our parents when we were our kids age. I love the, the keep them talking too. And this is a, a very specific area where I have found so much value in the course because my 16 year old, so just a tiny bit older than, than your daughter, Maureen. Um, but she, um, she's got these shields that fly up anytime there's any kind of pain and the conversation shuts down. And I think there's some pain in this conversation mm-hmm. for her because of my experience. And she's got that empathy gene. (laughs) And, and I think it, I think it gets in there for her and, you know, it's kind of, yeah, mom, I, I don't, I don't remember what happened and don't worry. I, 
I'm not going to drink. And the conversation stops oh, there. Man. And so the, the keep them talking piece is, is something I'm leaning on pretty hard right now. Again, not wanting to force it, but also trying to create those opportunities where I can meet her where she is kind of not really a sneak attack, but you know, right. strategizing a little yeah. bit just to keep the dialogue going. <laughs> well, totally. that, I, that's so true because when I was having this conversation with her, I was trying to figure out what she wanted me to hear. She was mm. really trying to communicate with me, I could tell. And did she want me to say it was okay to experiment? Did she want me to say it's okay to go to the parties, but don't drink? She clearly really needed to have something from me. And she's as great with her words as I am. And she was having a hard time <laughs> articulating what she wanted to communicate. And I really think what she wanted was because she told me, mom, I don't want a big, big lifetime moment paragraph after school story here. <laughs> I, want, I want you to know this stuff is happening. And I'm like, mm. I'm actually really kind of glad I know because to me at freshman, like that is crazy for me, but I never drank in high school. Like apparently yeah. I was in two shoes, but she's like, you have to know that it's out there. I'm like, okay, thank mm. you. It's out there way earlier than that. Like I remember being in middle school and kids having like 7-Eleven Slurpee cups and crazy Yeah, I, I, maybe I'm naive. I think I am, but I'm glad. Well, I mean, it's in, in defense of us old people, it's like, it's changed as time's gone on, you know, like it has moved younger and younger. And that actually brings me to Diana, to you. Like, so having these conversations uh, with kids who might be going to parties or going away to college is one thing. Um, but what about kids who are younger? Like, I've been talking to my daughter about this. Like, she's asked me questions about this for years. Like, I, as young as even eight, you know, daddy, like, what does this mean? Like, so I'd love to hear you kind of talk about that and how you frame this discussion with, uh, with your kids. So um, we've always told them everything because my experience is a little bit different. Um, my husband actually went into an outpatient rehab program for a pain pill addiction when my, our first was about a year and a half old. And then probably about a year and a half later, he also quit drinking because it just wasn't going well. And I mm. still kept drinking for a while because I was one of those people where like I could open up a beer and drink three sips of it and I was done. Like for me, it was just my one thing that like made me an adult and that I had my thing. And then it wasn't fun anymore when you're just sitting at home and drinking three sips of a beer. Um, but knowing our history and not the, I don't believe in the addiction gene, but I do believe that those impulsive qualities do get passed down. And I've seen them yeah. in our kids. Um, and I'm impulsive too, just in different ways. So we've just always been really open about all of it. And we don't, make alcohol the villain in this you know we say everybody yes. makes their own choices and there's nothing wrong with choosing to drink but we want you to know what the consequences could be and this is why we choose not to do it but they've seen plenty of people around them still drinking so they understand the difference between it um and then we've also like we've gotten into conversations about drugs and like i've had to be really honest with them and be like you know back when your dad and i were growing up and someone would smoke marijuana like you knew you were just smoking marijuana. I was like, and now like people are lacing it with fentanyl. So we can't even tell you, you know, go experiment. It's okay. And it's not because we're being 
mean or we don't want you to try things. Mm. It's because it's a much scarier prospect now. So, and that's, you know, it's the same thing with alcohol. Like we just don't know what we're exposing them to now. So we just try to give them as much information as we can. And it's exhausting. Like I have those kids that if you tell them one thing, they have 3000 questions on top of it. And like anywhere we go, people start cutting them off questions. Yes. Well, I, you know, it's so funny because I think you point to something that's really key. So I, my, my oldest is with my first wife and my second two kids are with my current wife and, um, my current wife and I don't drink. Um, you know, I gave up, uh, years ago now. Um, and my current wife just kind of was like, went along for the ride. Like it was, she was like you, Diana, like a couple of steps, who cares? Right. Um, but my ex-wife still drinks. And not to excess and not anywhere near, you know, what I used to do. So with my oldest Jane, it's like, well, is drinking okay or not? You know, like, should people do it or not? And one thing I love about the conversation is pointing out the fact that, you know what, there are people all over the world who drink. Um, But a lot of people don't know the stuff that I know, right? That, or they think about it in ways that maybe aren't so helpful. And bringing that conversation to the place of, look, you're one day going to be an adult. You're one day going to make your own decisions. And it's important to me that you hear, you know, what I've learned. And um, one of the things with my daughter that's so big is like really talking about the idea of like, this isn't, this isn't about, you know, please don't ever drink. You know, this is about like, understand what's actually happening here. You know, and I mean, I know you mentioned it's exhausting, Diana, but um, when you answer these questions, like how do your kids react versus shutting down the conversation? Um, we try to have them like really organically. So like we were coming back from my mom's the other day, and, you know, she's a grandparent. So like there's a bowl of candy there and they're reaching in and grabbing candy all the time. And like, so we, I was able to tie in like, you know, the sugar rush to the same thing. And we've talked about how those things work. Um, mm-hmm. So. I think, and that's the whole, like having it on their level conversation. So right now, you know, like a bag of Skittles is awesome. I'm like, but what would happen if you ate nothing but Skittles all day long? They're like, well, we feel horrible and we get sick. And I'm like, well, that's the same thing people do with drink. (laughs) So there are people who will drink to that point. I'm like, so, so that's, you know, so I think that's our biggest thing is trying to like, we can give them too much information and they'll just let it go like because it's mm-hmm. not relevant to them so they don't care so and I think that's one of the things that people worry about the most is like oh well what if we tell them too much well if you do that they're just not going to hold on to it because not to be quite honest they don't care and they shut us out after a while anyhow yes we're talking to them all day long so you don't have to worry about giving them too much information but I think it's a disservice to give them too little yes I completely agree I think you know being able and obviously there's an element of like age appropriateness here, right? There'll be stories that my daughter's going to hear when she gets a little bit older. Um, but like being, being able to have the conversation at their level, their level of comprehension, their level of just like understanding, I think is, is really key. Now let's go to the other end. So Laura, you mentioned your son just went to college. That is, uh, at least for me, that is where my drinking journey started. So how, what were those conversations like as you were, you know, preparing for him to go? Like, did you talk about it? How, how did, how did that kind of unfold? 
Sure. Um, well, we, we've been talking about it for a while. So the conversation has evolved. Um, he has had drinks. He will have more drinks. Um, so college won't be his first rodeo in sure. that area. Um, but we, you know, the conversation has, has shifted in terms of the consequences that I share with him because we all hear those horror stories, you know, mm -hmm. kids pledging fraternities and sororities and the, the hazing and just the devastating effects of becoming so intoxicated, you, you'll ultimately die or you fall from a height that you can't survive the fall sure. or, you know, what happens to someone with a, a fake ID who goes and buys for other kids who are underage and something horrible happens there. So we kind of talk really big picture about how <laughs> some of these things can be super, super life altering. Yeah, those mm. and I always, it's huge conversations. And I always say to him, listen, I would love for you to do exactly what I'm modeling for you every day of my life at this point. I would love for you to not even touch it, but I know that's not reality. You're going to college. This is what happens at college. I just want you to have all the information you can possibly have. And I want you to connect with yourself. And, yes. and he gets it when I, he gets it when I say this, he and I, I think um, our mental physiology, is that a thing? Our mental physiology is now. Let's very, <laughs> very, very much the same. Um, yeah. If, if we were, if we could have truly been cut out of the same mold, we were. Um, and, and I think that's something that helps in terms of our connection and our ability to, to talk about all of this. Um, we've, we've talked about why, why mm. would you drink? Um, because I think that's such an important question. Um, you know, Chris, Chris Heron talks about this and he's been on the podcast with, with Annie, he's got his first day film, you know, and, yes. and everybody talks about the worst day. What we really need to be doing is talking about the first day and asking why, why is it you want to put this substance in your body? What is it that you are looking for? Are you trying to escape something? Do you want to be somebody different? What is, you know, what's going on in that, that moment? And I think that, that that's really important. Maureen talked about the pause, you know, pausing and, and checking in with yourself and really, you know, that's a conversation that we're still having, um, at, at 18 years old. And, you know, Hmm. This whole graduation into adulthood where um, we have to have all sorts of legal documents for me to have conversations with doctor's offices anymore. Yeah. And all, yeah, yeah, it's a different world. Oh, my gosh, it's been absolutely wild the past week to 10 days with some of the things we've had to, to get figured out. But um, and I'm, I'm starting to, to spin a little bit here. But I think um, I think this conversation becomes even more critical at this age 
Mm. You know, we talk about how the human brain isn't fully developed until they're 25 years old. There's still a lot going on here and they're away from home and those touch points are fewer and further between, you know, yeah. I didn't even talk to him yesterday. We texted mm. a couple of times um, and I didn't get a response to my goodnight text. So it's like, <laughs> you know, we need to, we need to make sure that we keep having these conversations and, and yes, it's go fly, but it's, Hey, I'm here. If you want to go over something with me about a situation that you think mm. might be coming up or a situation that happened. And I think making sure to continue communicating that no judgment message. Yes. Right. Every choice we make in, in life in general, alcohol or not, is something that we need to tap into all of our resources inf and information for. And could ultimately result in a lesson for how to do things differently next time. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's, it's, he's, he's been pretty open, which is good. I know he's going to explore. Yeah. Uh, I know he's super curious and we're just going to try to keep talking about it. And, you know, I've encouraged him to look out for his friends and to look out for himself. Um, because I think he he knows a little bit more than well, some this of them. Is, this is such an interesting time. Like one of the things that I hear in our programs all the time, I mean, all the time is like, I wish I knew this before college or like, where was this information, you know, 20 years ago or 10 years ago or five years ago. Um, and actually it's interesting, uh, to talk about another project of Annie's, uh, that's, um, that's available. Uh, she wrote a book specifically about this. And actually we talk about this in the, how to talk to your kids course as well of like what, what we wished we had known about alcohol before we started drinking, I think. Um, and that list for me is very long. And I think, um, in this book, buzz to buzzkill, and he does a really good job of like laying it out. I think in an not in a very like theoretical way, but in a way that's easy for kids of all different ages to understand. And so being able to have that conversation with your son before he goes to college and so that he can learn from your experience, well, for all of us to, to be able to do that um, is so incredibly helpful. Um, Mo, I want to move on to you for a second. I'm actually really curious, like, what is, I'm totally putting you on the spot. So sorry, ahead of time. Um, what is the number one thing you wish your kids would know about this? Maybe they already know it or not, but like the number one thing where you're like, I want you to understand this one thing about alcohol. About alcohol? Uh, when I think, I don't have a lot of feelings about alcohol. To me, it's just like an innocuous thing. The one thing I really want them to know it's in anything, alcohol or whatever, is just find the lie. Like, mm. and, and, and we've done this through in movies. And when we, when they were little, we'd, we'd watch a movie together and be like, well, what's the lie? And that would, that would help us try to, as a family, come together with what we believed in. And the one thing I wish my kids would know is when they're in that situation with alcohol, if they would just stop and say, okay, what's the lie here? What, what am I going for? Do I want to fit in? Do I want to feel good? Do I want to ease my anxiety? I want them to know 
the one thing is that the alcohol is not going to do it. Shopping's not going to do it. Porn's not. I mean, I want them yes. to have that, that, that before part. So. I love that. That's fantastic. Yes. Yes. Um, Diana, how about you? Like, what is one thing like on the top of your list? It's exactly like that's the conversation we've had with our kids too, is it's not going to give you what you're looking for. And, you know, as um, Annie states all the time, is that whatever that is, it's within you and you just have to find it. Um, and like, you know, thank goodness my kids never hear me say, oh, I need a drink. Cause I'll be like, man, I'm going to need chocolate after this. And like, that's an easier thing. And that's like something they can relate to. Yes. Um, so we just, and like, we have that conversation all the time. And like, you know, unfortunately we've already had the porn conversation with our 11 year old because he stumbled across things he shouldn't. And we had to mm-hmm. go into it. And I'm like, that video is not what it is. <laughs> I'm be like, this is what it's supposed to be like. And this is what's going to give it to you. And it's the same way. Like, you know, he needs to, if they're having trouble winding down at night, it's, you know, can make you a cup of tea. Can I, what can we do that's going to give you what you're looking for? And I think just making sure they realize they have all of these other ways to fulfill that hole that we talk about, because we all have it. Like, you know, my four-year-old has it after preschool when he needs to wind down and he doesn't know how. And I still have it at almost 40 when I've dealt with the kids all day. And, you know, I, and the great thing is being able to understand that. And like, I can look and be like, I can understand wanting to shut down at the end of the night and not think and not have to do anything. And I know my kids have that same feeling too, because we forget that they have just as many demands on them as we do. And I think it's really normal for a 13 or 14 year old that, you know, was going into high school and has all these new things coming at them to want something to make them feel better at the end of the day. And I just want my kids throughout the whole life to know that, you know, that's in you and you're always going to be able to find it but you're not going to find it in anything outside of you. I think, uh, I think for me and Annie outlines this really well in buzz to buzz kill, but like what actually happens when you have a drink Yes, that mm-hmm. I remember, um, well, I remember I, the first time I read this naked mind, the book, um, and some of that's outlined in there. And I was like, no, come on. And like, I went and did my own research and was like, holy cow. Yeah. It is like 20 minutes of euphoria and then hours of feeling terrible. Um, but one of the things that I think is so sticky for lack of a better term, um, about alcohol and like why it has such a place in our society are these myths that we have about it. They're like, this is how you celebrate. This is how you feel good. This is how you, whatever, like go to a concert, go to, I mean, go to a funeral, like this, all of this, that is there. And it's this idea that it actually makes us feel better that like, when you actually look at the science, it doesn't help with any of that stuff. That to me is like one of the biggest things that I, I hope that my kids understand is that like, this is going to be sold to you as a solution mm-hmm. and it ain't that. As a matter of fact, it's the opposite of what you're looking for. Um, Laura, how about you? So I'm, what you just said is the perfect segue, Scott, because I think that um, healthy coping mechanisms, mm. right? Because of the reasons we we think we're supposed to be drinking, the feel better, the escape, the crummy situation, all of that, and um, and I think that I I wish I'd known there were other ways. I wish I'd known to question the beliefs I had and yes. to be curious about 
whether that was the only way. Um, you know, for me growing up, it was very much this, this is how it is this, you know, not about alcohol, but just in general, like if somebody tells you something, you believe it, you trust, you respect authority, you, <laughs> you know, don't, don't ask questions, just do as you're told. Um, and I, I think for me that translated into not having that curiosity when it, when it came to alcohol. And even if I had, would I have uncovered the information that we all have now, thanks to mm -hmm. the work Annie has done? I don't know. Um, but I definitely wish I had understood the, the chemical process and that yeah. there were other ways, you know, but nobody was talking about meditation or going for a walk yes, or that's true. Yes. <laughs> the different things that we can do to take that, that pause and grab that breath of air for ourselves, which for me was very much what, what alcohol was, you know, it was slowing down at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. coming up for air and, um, you know, and just kind of getting outside of myself for a minute. And there are so many other amazing ways that we can do that. Um, and I yeah. love that. I love that we can teach our kids those things now so that when they have the choice, they've yeah. got options. I want to add a second one that I wish I had. Please do. Or that I wish my, <laughs> I wish my kids could know. And I think, I think I got it just from Annie's book five years ago, but, um, just that drinking makes everything the same. Like you think you're, you, you don't have the ups and downs, which is actually like the whole beauty of life. When you're drinking at a funeral or at a wedding, you're just drunk. Like, I just yeah. wish I had put that together. Cause that really resonated with me. And then I was like, everything's the same. This, this is not how life is supposed to be. That's so, so that, true. Yeah. yeah, I've actually heard it described as, you know, when when Dorothy's house lands in the Wizard of Oz, the movie starts black and white and she opens the door in Oz and boom, Technicolor. That's what it is, right? In the black and white. And then we remove alcohol from the equation and open that door. And it's like, whoa, this is what it all looks like. This yeah. is what we can see every day. <laughs> There's another kids one. already have that. So Yes, yes exactly. Like, they, yeah. they, we, it's kind of like letting them know, like, you're going to be taking that away from yourself by doing it. And is that really what you want? Mm -hmm. So I think being able to, rather than thinking about what they might gain by drinking, it's like, well, you might actually be losing something. Totally. Yeah. I, one thing that I work on a lot with my daughter and, and like a lot of kids, especially after the last few years, um, you know, there's anxiety and, and stress and like the world seems to have like gone totally. I mean, we're all feeling this, but I think teenage, the teenage community in particular is, is dealing with some of this, but one of the things that I really try to work with her on, and this is something that, you know, I really wish I had known, um, you know, before I started college, before I started drinking is that, the answers that you're looking for always come from inside, right? They're yeah. always like you have the answer. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's so ingrained for us that the, the response to anxiety or the response to depression or the response to, and obviously there are severe cases and I'm not necessarily talking about that, but that the response is to grab for something outside of us. 
right? So like, I'm going to take this thing to feel better. I'm going to do this thing to feel better. And that goes for a lot of things. I mean, that's, you know, that's consumerism, you know, that's certainly drinking, that's certainly drugs, but just recognizing that if we can take that pause that, that we were talking about, get that breath of fresh air, like Laura was talking about that, like, give yourself some space and you can figure this out. You know, the human brain doesn't often have emotions for no reason, right? So like, we're going to be anxious or sad or happy for like a certain reason and reconnecting with ourselves and understanding where that's coming from. Like, that's, that's the thing that can actually help you feel better, not anything in a bottle. Right. And that's one of the biggest things that I got, again, for me, I think just Annie's book, just to be curious, just to stop and really be curious about how is this going to make me feel? Yes. Just yeah. wish the, they would just stop and say, how, how am I going to feel? And then, you know, the whole play it forward thing, because nothing good's just going to come of it. I totally, totally agree with that. I mean, this idea of, um, well, I'm not going to go down that road just because I could talk about play it forward forever because it was such a huge thing um, in my journey. Um, but just understanding, you know, also that like the choices you make, particularly around alcohol, like those resonate for you. You know, I, I mentioned earlier, the fact that like the sort of coming down from the initial high, if you will, of alcohol lasts way longer than the euphoria, like understanding like, oh, wait, a hangover maybe isn't funny. You know, like, I don't know about you guys, but I don't laugh when I wake up with the flu, you know, I don't be like, well, that was crazy, right. you know, um, but like getting that perspective around what it looks like uh, and how this is different, I think is really, really big. Um, so we are sort of about to run out of time. I was thinking we should do one thing and let me know if you guys want to do this, like for, um, for so many parents out there, like this conversation feels scary as hell. Um, it feels like a minefield. It feels like, man, what is the right way to do this? Quote unquote, the right way to do this or the wrong way to do this. I would love it if each of you, and I'll, I'll go as well. Um, I would love it if you could give sort of like your best piece of like, here's what I've learned for parents out there who want to have this conversation. And I know this entire course, right? How to uh, talk how to talk to your kids about alcohol is all about this, but from like a real world perspective, I'm curious what like the biggest lessons are that you guys have learned. Um, I'll go first just to jump in. Um, and this is exactly what we were talking about at the beginning of this whole thing, um, being honest, right? Like to me, and the temptation was so big. The temptation was so big for me to like paper over some of those things. Like, don't worry about that. It's the past. Um, but being honest with my daughter about things. And like I said, there's more stories to come. She's probably going to listen to this and now ask me, dad, what are the stories you're not telling me? But like, um, like being honest and being vulnerable uh, for me, that not only allowed me to communicate, I think, much more clearly and directly, um, but it also in a way brought us closer. Um, and I feel like there's a level of trust there that wouldn't have been there, um, if I wasn't as open and vulnerable, um, Laura, how about you? Like, what's the biggest takeaway that you've taken from, you know, having these conversations? Uh, Scott, well, everything you said for sure. Um, that was beautiful. I think also knowing that they could come up completely unexpectedly and, 
trying to make space for them when they do come mm. up because you know if it's a busy moment and you've got to postpone it may not be the same conversation it could have been in the moment yes. so i yeah. i think i think whenever possible drop everything and have it drop mm. everything and have this conversation um i i used to think i could overshare i'm not sure we can overshare <laughs> yes within reason within reason depending yes. on the age um but I, I think that that honesty is is super super important as you as you said. But um, being being there when the kids are ready to talk mm. is is super important. And it's okay if you're not prepared. Yeah. Because <laughs> everything we do gives our kids permission to be human too. Mm. You know, I think, I think we get into this place of thinking we have to be perfect and have everything all figured out before we have a conversation with the kids. And the message that sends is that they've got to do the same thing. And mm. we are all just on this journey of life together and we are human and we're going to make mistakes and we're going to need to edit as Maureen said, and editing is fine. There's nothing yeah. wrong with it. Um, because it just keeps the dialogue going. I love that. That's so good. Thank you. Diana, how about you? Like, what would you, based on your experience, what would you say to a parent who's nervous about having these conversations? Um, go ahead and get it wrong because yes. you're at least having the conversation. <laughs> and, you know, I, I got it wrong the other day and then I happened to go through the course again. And if any of you talked about this, and, you know, I got insight from it and I had to go back and tell my kids, you know what? I handled that completely the wrong way. And I did think they should have, but this is how I'm going to do it from now on. And then they now have permission to do the same thing and they get it completely wrong. And they know that just as Laura said, like I did it too. And if we don't give them the space to make mistakes and know that it's okay, they're never like Annie says, they're never going to do that. And you don't want to be the person that they're avoiding Yes. when you're the one that's trying to guide them. And uh, I think the biggest thing that stood out to me in all of that too was that whole the illusion of control and just seeing as my children get older that fall away even more. And I think yeah. if we don't allow those mistakes to happen, we have, you have no control and you have no bond. And yes, what do you do with that? So yeah, just make your mistakes and screw up and it's okay. I love it. That's so good. That's so good. Mo, how about you? What would you, what would you say to a parent who's nervous about this? Um, well, I would, uh, I would say you have nothing to be ashamed of. There's mm. just be yourself and we've all made mistakes and we've all made choices and we're all wiser as we move along the journey of life, as Laura said. So I would just say you have nothing to be ashamed of. Um, and good for you for having the conversation and being curious about if is alcohol serving you I think that's awesome so I applaud you but I do have another huge piece of advice in terms of um, approaching conversations with our children really about anything and it goes to what Annie talks about about connection over control and when my kids bring me something we've implemented this thing years ago where it's it's one of three things are you asking me for advice 
are you asking me just to listen? Or are you asking me to advocate on your behalf? Do you need me to take action? And giving them one of those three choices can really help the connection in that conversation. Mom, I just want you to listen. I don't want you to say anything. Or mom, I got a weird vibe from somebody and okay, do you need me to do something? And staging it that way really mm. gives them kind of that safe space that Annie talks about that so that they can come to you and know that they're going to have one of those three things. So I think that's helpful. It was for me. That's awesome. Well, thank you. We are out of time. So Mo, Laura, and Diana, thank you all very much. It was awesome to chat through this with you. And then to those of you listening in the show notes, we are going to put a link to the How to Talk to Your Kids About Alcohol course, as well as Annie's new book, Buzz to Buzzkill. Um, I really appreciate you um, taking the time to listen to this episode. This is such a big topic, and I know it's something that's scary for everyone. Um, so we hope that you got a lot out of this. And until next time, I'm Coach Scott. We'll see you soon. Are you realizing that there's something more? That you're so excited about this change in your life, maybe you've put down the bottle for good, and you just wanna pay it forward. You wanna help others in their moments of need move through that discomfort. You wonder what it feels like to celebrate with your own journey by paying it forward and giving back what you've been given. Now's the time to find out. Enrollment is now open for our coaching certification program with this Naked Mind Institute. In just six months, you can receive the training, the resources, and tools you need to become our next certified coach so that you can start your entrepreneurial journey or grow your already existing business while helping thousands of others to find freedom, joy, and happiness. If you're hearing that little voice calling that says you're meant for so much more in this journey, then I invite you to leave your comfort zone behind and learn more about becoming a certified coach at thisnakedmindinstitute.com. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.